Are you here? Hey, 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 everyone's here. Let's get this thing going. This is the Paul Leslie Hour, and you're about to experience Paul E. Leslie's interview with Yellow Wolf. We're really excited about this episode. It's just that simple. Yellow Wolf is a marvelous musical talent as a songwriter and performer. Now, Paul was asking one of Yellow Wolf's fans, is Yellow Wolf better live or in recordings? And this gentleman replied, both. So, Yellow Wolf has upcoming tour dates around the USA and even in New Zed. That's down under. And this one sounds real good. He'll be at the Ryman Auditorium, the Grand Ole Opry House in Nashville, Tennessee, November 17th this year, alongside his good friend Shooter Jennings and their group Sometimes Why. Check out for details spelled Y-E-L-A. W-O-L-F, Yellow Wolf. And don't forget, we need P-E-O-P-L-E like Y-O-U to help keep the P-A-U-L-L-E-S-L-I-E hour going. And you can make your contribution of any amount at any time at www.thepaulleslie.com slash support. And we say T-H-A-N-K-S-S. Paul Leslie and Yellow Wolf, let's go. It's time. Yes! Coming live through the Bentley, baby. Let's go. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm very honored that you've all tuned in with us. I have a very special guest with us on this episode. Yellow Wolf is joining us. He is a prolific recording artist, performing artist, rapper, singer, songwriter. It's a great pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, well, it's a pleasure to be hanging with y'all today man how are you doing good recovering from a little bug so i'm glad to be alive <laughs> you're recovering from a little bug and i'm recovering from a little buzz a buzz okay <laughs> yeah I, I didn't have a bug but i had a fucking hellified buzz about <laughs> 10 hours ago okay well yeah <laughs> <laughs> So you're I feel like I'm recovering from a buzz every day, you know, it's like <laughs> either one, one buzz or another. It's all good. Life is good. Can't complain. Good. I, I see you're, you're out in the, uh, getting the, the blue skies and ultraviolet rays. Are you in, in, uh, where, where are you in the country right now? I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. Just outside of uh house of blues recording studio and uh, blackbird recording in barry hill it's where i did all my records that's where i'm doing all my current records as well but it's where i've recorded pretty much everything uh right at beginning with from love story on i've done every every album in this neighborhood so do you find nashville is a is a good environment for creating yeah i mean you know i don't really have trouble finding a space like i pretty much prowl around wherever i'm at and look for it it's kind of like everybody has their own thing but Mm -hmm. you know i produce obviously in the studio 
but I write mostly in my car. So I'll drive around and just find a place to park and kind of like search for the vibe. And I'll just, I'll write either I'll write driving or, or, or write park. But most of the records that I have written, I've been written inside of my, in, in the car. So, uh, but you know, all the music is obviously produced in the studio and then I'll, I'll, uh, bounce that down and get, get the lyrics and the melodies and all that tied together. Yeah. Rolling around moving. Mm-hmm. Would you say that words are more exciting to you or music or could you decide? Um, it's, you know, no song ever happens the same twice. Mm-hmm. It's the strangest thing. It's like an infinite amount of combinations that create a song. I mean, it's just, it blows my mind that it, it literally never happens the same. Like last night, I'm producing a record on Young Buck right now. And I had this Roland synthesizer and I turned it on and I hit a D and then I just held it. I was like, yo, hit record. We had nothing. We had nothing going on in the studio. It was just, just one note. And we wrote a smash to one note. There's not even, in, there's no drums. There's no nothing. It's just one note. So it was like, it was like, wow, you know, never done that before. You know, it's like, so sometimes it'll happen with a concept a melody sometimes you just have a great cadence you know what i mean sometimes it's an acoustic guitar or a piano and then there's a marriage between all of those things you know melody music words when they all come together correctly then you get a good song but there's not like there's no there's no there's no right way to do it. There's just no right. It, it doesn't matter how it's made. It's the end result, you know? So I, you know, if I think Bob Seger, like is, is like a master at like some simplicity, melody, and, and, and he's like a wordsmith, but in like the cleanest way, you know, he's mm-hmm. like a good example of like what I consider pretty much a perfect songwriter, you know? Cause he, he doesn't, there's nothing complex about what he's saying. It's just the, the melody and the music. It's like a perfect marriage. He just, he just figured it out. Uh, he's, he's one of my favorites for sure. And I, he's a good example. To, to, the short answer to your question would be like, well, Bob Seeker, you know what I mean? <laughs> just listening to shit, you know, like he figured it out. What does matter more? Words or music? I don't know. As Bob, I don't got. <laughs> I don't know. He's he definitely knows. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting you mentioned Bob Seger. I don't know what it's been about the last year, but I've just been I've been listening to Bob Seger like crazy and trying to understand uh, his genius, which I haven't gotten any any closer to defining what it is. <laughs> but it's there. <laughs> Tell us about yeah. some others. Other songwriters that I listen to, and, and as far as that goes, that particular you know vibe, James Taylor is another 
like brilliant songwriter. Another songwriter, I would say within that realm of people that I think are of a caliber would be uh, Steely Dan. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else? Fuck, man. Someone who's really simple and oh, dude, Garth Brooks, you know, Fences, man, you know, that album. What the fuck? I don't don't think he wrote that, but that's an example of like really brilliant songwriting, man. Just like, yeah, I I don't know. Those are just a few, I guess. Hank Williams Sr. was a genius with that simple shit, you know, just find the hook, repeat the hook. You know, like the whole song is just one big hook, <laughs> you know, those old country guys, man, they, they just, they really had some shit figured out. There was so much rapping as well. Yeah. You know, that people, it just, it goes right over people's heads, but they were rapping like devil went down to Georgia. That Those are rap verses. <laughs> That's true. You know what I mean? But people don't like, or Johnny Cash rapped a lot, like a lot of rapping just talking in rhythm. Right. They, I mean, they didn't like know what they were doing, but you could strip those acapellas and put them over a hip hop track. And there it is. You know <laughs> what I mean? So it was like, th- there's a lot of inspiration there as well. You know, you kind of just put shit together. Like it, everybody has a different recipe for songwriting. But, you know, a lot of chops that I use come from like bluegrass, you know what I mean? Like I, I spent a lot of time as a kid hanging out like at blue bluegrass festivals randomly, but I went to a lot, you know, because it was mm. a, it was fun. But you think about those 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 like fucking Appalachian fucking chops, you know, that that's what became. You know, jump on a paddy bike like a Pakistani can pack in the back and level with the pack of maniacs. All those little chops, those come from like, those are really bluegrass chops. But deliver them over hip hop, but people are like, whoa, he's going nuts. But really, it's just banjo <laughs> rhythms. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, one of the things that prompted me to try to get in, in touch and see if we could do an interview is this great, great collaborative effort that you've done with Shooter Jennings just out this year. Of course, I'm talking about Sometimes Why. And tell us a little bit about how you came to meet Mr. Shooter Jennings. What was your first impression when you met this guy? Well, you know, we were like, as kids, we were like passing back and forth. Like we, we were around the same people. Our parents were hanging out, but somehow we never hung out like and you know it's just like we didn't meet until we were you know adults really my buddy alex king introduced me to struggle struggle jennings and jelly roll you know some time ago and struggle at some point you know like months after hanging out with him was like yo my granddad's wailing and I was like, what the fuck? Your granddaddy's wailing? You know, so I was like, well, dude, where's Shooter? You know what I mean? Because I was a fan. <laughs> He's like, oh, he was like, dude, that's my brother. We'll go see him. 
when he's when he's playing the masquerade so it was like a couple weeks later shooter was playing a masquerade in atlanta and just broke down and became fast friends you know like went to his show and then we went to claremont lounge atlanta and <laughs> you know had some beers and talked and that was it you know we, we were just just instant friends so it it was years later you know where we started to talk about really doing a project so it was just a a string of conversations and a long string of music between the both both of us that that we were making separately that we kept in touch about you know what i mean like one record he did was called Kuntosh that really turned the light on for me, you know, as for him as a producer. It was like the record that made me go, dude, we could really do something, you know, like mm -hmm. he, he kind of stepped out of the country Southern rock feel. And he went into this like eighties electronic synthesizing production. And it was like, Whoa, you could do that. Wow. Okay. Well, let's, Okay, cool. That now, now I see something really, really special that we could do. You know, so we just started tossing back and forth ideas, man. We really didn't know what was going to happen, but what came out of it, you know, I, I, I mean, I think is for sure one of my best recordings. You know, it's it's up for me. It's up there. It's like up there up there and it's just something that we've never i've never done before i've never sang a record top to bottom you know so it was a new challenge and we're, we're really proud of it rock and roll is fucking rock and roll album absolutely and it's just one of those albums when you listen to it it's really hard to pick a favorite you know not that you have to but it's just one one great song after another and thanks man uh, yeah, absolutely. I love it. So uh, tell us about that track, Rock and Roll Baby. Rock and Roll Baby was one of those records that come together like extremely quickly. You know what I mean? Like it was just immediate. I knew what the song was. As soon as the melody was there, you just I just knew what it, I knew what the song was about. I knew. It was just done. it was done. in my mind, it was done. All I had to do was like insert lyrics, you know, and put the put the right words in the right place. And then this song is done. So that song is, you know, it's just like just waiting to happen. Some songs are in you waiting for a moment. It's just like you don't like you're not trying to write it. You're not. It was just there. It was like compartmentalized somewhere in my mind. You know what I mean? In my, my mojo, I guess, you know, it was like, <laughs> it was just in there just waiting for the foundation. And so that, that song is extreme, extremely therapeutic. You know, it's just like the coolest shit about music. When those songs happen, it's like, man, if any kid anywhere around the world can relate to this story, it, it's going to help them. Mm -hmm. 
you know? And that it, personally, that's what it is for me. I, I don't, I love the fucking song. Obviously, I, I think it's a fucking incredible song that Shooter produced. But like, personally, I don't care what the song does. I don't care how successful it is. I don't, it, it doesn't matter to me. All I care about is like, just wait till that right kid hears this. You mm. know, that when they hear this song, they're going to be okay. You know, I wish I had that song, <laughs> you know, when <laughs> I was a kid, you know, like it's just one of those, you know, just personally, you know, important to me, you know, I'm, you know, something to leave behind. Like, yeah, man, we did that. We did all right. You know. And the music video that goes with it, it just perfectly captures the emotion of the song. You know, I hope everybody out there, if you haven't seen it, please check it out. <laughs> it's so good. Yes. Yeah. Please check it out. Thank you. Yeah. That's uh, my good friend, Spidey, who directed that. He did Best Friend with me and Marshall. He's done. I think to, I think we've done a total already of 15 videos, Spidey and I. But uh yeah, he had the genius of putting that story on another kid, like in allowing someone else to live this reality. Because at first I was thinking, let me tell this story. Let me relive this, you know, in the video. And he was like, nah, man, you should narrate it hmm. and let a, let another family live it. So... I was like, I had chills. I was like, damn, dude, that's crazy. He's like, yeah, man, we'll put you in a hotel room. Don't even look at the camera. Just perform it. And then we're going to have this other kid perform your, we're going to have a kid perform your emotion. You know, it was, yeah, that, that song and that video, you know what I mean? It's just one of those magical moments. Man. You know, some things just work out. You know, they just do. And I've had, I've, you know, I've shot videos. I've, I've probably got about 10 videos that are sitting on the shelf over my career. You know what I mean? That'll never see the light of day because they didn't work out. Mm. You know, the edit, the edit sucked or it didn't go with the music. It's like, this isn't going to work, you know? So if a video makes the cut, it's, it's, that's one thing. But if a video like tells the story like that perfectly, it's like, damn, man, it doesn't happen that often. You know, that's like pop the trunk, you know what I mean? Like that, that was perfectly shot. You know what I mean? Like my first like, breakout single as a hip hop artist was just right. You know what I mean? $5,000 video shot on a 5D with no lights, <laughs> you know, just a camera. It's <laughs> just, like just walking around filming, just it just had the right recipe, had the right people and the right everything. So it just works out sometimes. Would you say it's a it's a fair statement that your interest in collaborating and doing things like this with somebody like Shooter or otherwise does that gone up? Has it what? Has it gone up? Like. Are, would you wouldn't you say it's fair to say you're more interested now in collaborating than ever? I mean, that's a really good question, man. Like because I mean, 
it's exactly what I'm doing now. You know, I mean, literally I've been lately just producing, you know, like producing and writing. I produced a country, country Western album for a guy named Tony Martinez, which is coming out, you know, really soon. And then I'm producing a record on Young Buck. You know what I mean? Like a new hip hop record, producing rock and roll records. You know what I mean? I'm I'm doing everything that I've kind of picked up. You know, I'm just exploring it, and I I'm really interested in you know helping. You know what I mean? Helping artists and helping younger artists figure it out mm. you know because it's like it's like satisfying to see them come up i got a friend named uh fossa who i'm producing as well it's pretty much like it's like pop pop music but he's just so excited you know what i mean he's so mm. excited to, to live as an artist and so I live vicariously through that because I don't have that anymore. You know what I mean? I don't have that first time feeling, you know what I mean? So it's like, it, it, it keeps me going to, to see that energy in the studio and to feel that, oh, this dude really wants it. You know what I mean? He really wants it. <laughs> you know, like, wow, I remember that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, it, you know, it makes me happy to see that and to share that and to hopefully, you know, see them go to the top, you know, and experience that life. Um, so, yeah, I'm all about collaborations right now, man. Just, you know, we're this rock and roll album is taking me to new places. You know, like we're opening for Leonard Skinner in September Ooh, uh, cool. in Michigan. And, uh, yeah, it was like, damn, dude, you know, it's just, it's just crazy, man. Where, you know, where life goes, um, you know, with that, with that on the horizon, it's like, well, fuck, man. It's like, it's funny. It's like it, it recharged my appreciation for hip hop as well. Hmm. It's strange. You, you would think that it, you would think that it would like set me on this, like, new okay i'm just doing rock now but it wasn't that way it was just like damn you, you're so used to hearing the rock album and performing it so when i step back in the studio and i hear a, a great hip-hop record it, it i'm recharged about it you know what i mean because i had so much focus on sometimes why so now it's just like fuck it man like it's keep adding rooms to this house mm. you know like how many rooms can we add to this house you know it's just like just keep adding the story, like the story, like who cares, man? Like being genreless, you know, why not? Well, on that note, is there some dream of yours that maybe nobody would expect something else, some, some new uncharted territory that yellow wolf wants to go into? I mean, you know, I've planted a lot of seeds outside of music, man. I got a lot of irons in the fire right now. 
I think what fans may not know the most of the most of most about me that they don't know is is this massive like business mm-hmm. that has like accumulated over the years under Slamerica and a clothing and apparel brand, Creekwater whiskey, media. We've shot a movie in Mexico. We've that's still being edited and is coming out. You know, signing artists, producing. You know, all a. Uh, uh, a merch company in Nashville where, you know, we do all the jelly rolls stuff, riff raff. You do like Huntsville space centers, merchandise, you know, like we do Jake Owens merch fucking, I mean, it goes on and on and on. So like, so these entities that have like spawned over the years is, is like my, it's like my pastime, you know, like it's like outside of the studio. That's what I do the most. Like I'm always running around and handling that. And then one of the most inspirational people in, in my life has been Travis Barker. Hmm. Yeah, that's my brother, man. Like Travis put me under his wing and, you know, put me on, you know, like really just really went hard and, He's just such a rad business guy, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like he's so dope at what he does. And it was just inspirational that like, oh man, like look at that guy and look what he's done. Like you can be that person and still look like that. Like it, when the first time I, the first time that I was like, that I knew that like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this my way, but I'm going to do this. So we pulled up in his, you know, like his Rolls Royce somewhere. And he gets out the car and like, he's got blood on his cargo shorts, a torn up sex pistol shirt, some old vans. And the door person's like, hello, Mr. Barker, just parted the seas for him. And he was like punk rock kid. And I was behind him like, what? I've never seen something like that before. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, fuck, dude, you could really do this, huh? Like, we can do this. We, us, you know what I mean? Like, perceivably white trash. We can be successful. Mm. And so that that was like, I was like, you know, that spawned Slamerican. And, and then off I went, man. I just, I just started applying those pieces to where I was from. And now we've got it popping, you know, like Creekwater did 15,000 cases of, of whiskey last year. You know, we're in Walmart, Whole Foods, almost all 50 States. You wow. know, it's, it's crazy. You know, it's, so it's, things are, things are happening in that, in that world, you know? So I'm, I'm just, I'm just enjoying life, man. You know, I started golfing lately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> other than other than all that shit, that, that's become my, my other new obsession. It's like just fucking golfer Randall. You should see the goons I bring to the golf cl- golf course, bro. <laughs> that's great. Well, congratulations yeah. on all that stuff. It's very 
Very impressive. Absolutely. You know, Thanks, and absolutely. Now this, this question might sound like, where did that come from? But I, I really, I, I got to ask it because it comes to mind. You know, you have an Alabama background and somebody, when you're talking about all these irons in the fire that it kind of reminds me of, and I hope you take this as a compliment, would be Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, no, a, th- a thousand percent. Like, I, I've even like, <laughs> yo, I, I've, you know, my ambitions, like, they outweigh reality. So it, my my thing is like, look, dude, if I'm if I shoot for Mars and land on the moon, I still won. Mm. But why not go crazier? You know what I mean? Let's just think enormous. And if we make it halfway, we're still good. Mm-hmm. You know, like if so. So Jimmy Buff is a perfect example, man. Because like I've I've even drawn up with my friend Danny Wade. Do you know a, a professional skateboarder named Danny Way? I've heard the name. Yeah, well, I mean, he's he's the only Westerner on the planet with his name in the Great Wall of China. He like back 360 on a skateboard over the Great Wall of China. He's a legend. That's just a few of the things he's done. He's a professional skateboarder, just a fucking legend. But we've sat down and like drawn hotel ideas like dude let's do a hotel you know and that that seems bonkers to some people like why do you fucking open up yeah we're gonna build a hotel in vegas one day that's what we're gonna do <laughs> and it's like what you know mother like dude you're nuts but then in nashville i you know i see a fucking jimmy buffett hotel yeah <laughs> and i was like see dude i was like see it can be done you know <laughs> So I, I, I don't, I did, I don't put limits on what, you know, things that, that can happen in your life. I've already seen enough like magic. You know what I mean? I held on to a demo tape from Eminem for 10 years and then I put it in his hands, mm. you know, and I said I would do it and I did it. Hmm. It was like, I'm going to put this tape in his hands sitting in a trailer park with on food stamps with that in my hand like i'm putting this in his hands one day dude i'm signing i'm signing to marshall watch you know and your ambition can be so strong it'll train your talent it'll train you how to get there if you believe that gnarly and you commit it'll take you there you know what i mean it, it it really is amazing. So with that, it was like, once I did that, and I did it for me, I didn't ask for a picture or nothing. I just put it in his hands like, yo, do you remember this? He tripped out. I was like, oh my God, I lived with Royce the Five Nine in LA in an apartment when we did this. Where'd you find this? I was like, bro, I took this out of a fucking office in New York fucking 10 years ago. So here you go. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, and since that moment, that was bigger to me than even signing to him. Cause it was like a, all right, I did that. What, what, what else can we do? You know what I mean? So, I mean, you know, I, I hope that people can, you know, when, when they see this or listen to this interview or, or see me around and, 
or, or anyone that, that is carving out music and business and all that stuff and that they can be inspired to do it, you know? Mm. There's enough to go around, man. You know, I didn't re I'm not reinventing the wheel, man. I'm just navigating through life like everyone else, you know. But if you just uh start to understand how to turn your fears into your superpower, then you can do anything. Hmm. Has there been a compliment someone has given you that through the years has meant the most to you? Um, no, I would say that it's been the opposite. The things that have driven me the most are the, are the most, the things that hurt me the most, mm. you know, one in part, one time in particular, my first underground project was called Creek Water. And I produced it on a little MPC 2000, recorded it in my house. And my friend Wayne Bush, rest in peace, he, he printed up 5,000 copies of that CD. And so all of my friends, you know what I mean? Like, you know, we were trying to sell them out of the trunk and just anywhere we could. And, I, you know, we were still... You know, extreme, you know, we were poor, man. You know what I'm saying? We were still, I, I was still on food stamps. I had like two kids already. And I had my youngest in my arms, Phoenix. He was a year old. And we had like a big barbed wire fence around our house, like a, like a, like a, pri like a prison fence. It had like barbed wire around. It was a rowdy neighborhood. It's called South 11th in Nashville. And I had, a stack of CDs in my hand and on the corner, on the corner, right across the street from my house was a little trap spot, like a little gas station trap spot where people, you know, so dope, so dope and shit. So there's a lot of hard hitters around there. And this one guy rolled up, you know, he's had like 28s on his box Chevy pulled up and I had a stack of CDs in my, my, my son in my arms. And I, and he, Rolled his window down. I said, yo, man, let me, let me grab one of them CDs. I was like, oh, shit. That's what's up, man. Thank you so much. Handed him my CD. He gave me $5. And he rolled his window down. And he threw my CD on the ground. He said, fuck your fucking CD. Get the fuck out of here. And my CD cracked and broke all over the street. Mm. And he ah, pulled off. Like, get the fuck out of here. With my son in my arms, man. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I had to walk around the street and pick up the pieces of my CD and fucking like fucking just take it. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, I just had to fucking just take it. But I knew right then I was like, man, fuck that guy and fuck this neighborhood and fuck all of this, man. Hmm. I'm not going to lose. You know what I mean? So it was moments like that, you know, like. And that wasn't the first and last time something that gnarly happened to me or, you know, getting jumped or fucking anything. You know, like getting booed off stage, like opening up for Raekwon, that shit. That shit. You know, just being spit on. You know what I mean? Like, like, dude. 
those are the things that that, that drove me. I, and I mean, like, hey, man, everybody's got their sources of inspiration. You know what I mean? But for me, it was that, you know, the, the things that hurt me the most are really what turned into the most. That was the gas, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that was the gas. So I, I have plenty of people around me that love me, that protected me and, and, you know, have kept me sane partly. And so, you know, I, I'm very fortunate for that. But, you know, as far as what has, has driven me is, you know, those hurdles, man. Got and I try to tell artists that too, man, like the, the artists that I'm signing now, like, man, you, you know, man, good luck out here. You know what I mean? You're about yeah. to go to war. You're literally about to go to war. Say mm. la vie. It's over. <laughs> it's it's over, dude. You know, it's like you're, you know, the 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 blessing and the curse of fame. You know what I mean? The blessing and curse of success. And you know, you're a target now. You know, so it's like a it's it's bittersweet, man. Like you know, like sending someone off. Mm-hmm. Like my boy, Tony, my boy, Tony, man, Tony Martinez, a dude that I got him a deal. I got that dude a million dollar record deal, which is unheard of from a board mix. You know, he's got no social media, barely. He's, you know, he's barely, barely out there. He's just a fucking genius songwriter and amazing voice. And the record's crazy. But he has. Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepaulleslie.com. That's thepaulleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primerano, the entertainer. Written by Scott Joplin. End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primerano, the traditional song, Corina, Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me. The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie. And we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour.